Headliner Radio, the creative voice. On this emerging headliner podcast powered by Source Elements, we are welcoming Swedish-American singer-songwriter Lexi Berg onto the show. Welcome, Lexi. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, Whereabouts are you? Right now, I'm in cloudy London. Cloudy London. I'm not too far away in cloudy Kent. It's very disappointing summer so far, apart from last week, isn't it? It's... it's (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't even here last week. I was in Glasgow, so that's kind of disappointing, isn't it? What, just Glasgow or just the weather? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just disappointing that I missed missed out on the good weather and then went up to Scotland where it was just Scotland weather. Some days were beautiful, some days were absolutely crap. So Yeah. Got you. You must be fully yeah. embraced in the English I don't know why we have to always talk about the weather. We just can't help ourselves. I know, I know, I know. But it is, it's because it's such a big feature here. It's all we've got when it's good anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but you know, during the pandemic, the pandemic questions kind of took over the weather. It was like, you know, oh, what vaccine are you getting? Or, oh, I've heard that one's really good. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. And instead of the weather. Oh, I didn't think to ask anyone what vaccine they were getting. Is that a bit of juicy gossip, depending on which one you've got? Really? You haven't asked, you haven't spoken about that? Not anyone. specifically the vaccine, no, not what kind. Uh, I hadn't really given much thought to it. Um, yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking now, no, but um, I've had Pfizer as far as I know, so I'm good to go, one jab down. I have Moderna. Nice, nice. How's that working out for you? On the other, it's, it's going well, I think. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so far, so good. Excellent, excellent. And um, so... During the last year, it's been mad, obviously, for many reasons, as you've sort of just touched on. Um, have you found yourself uh, basically just hunkering down, working on new music? I'm guessing you were normally touring or, you know, gigging and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, before the pandemic, I was independent. So all of my income and all of my promotion, everything was kind of dependent on gigging. And... Uh, I was also DJing on the side. I mean, everything was people facing before. So the pandemic just shut it all down, you know, and it was really scary for people who were independent and for any musicians, really, but especially for those who were independent because, you know, it's really lonely. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's um, It's been yeah. really challenging. I know a lot of people have been talking about... Um, sort of in inverted commas the lockdown songs that could be coming out but a lot of people have been saying oh no one wants to hear the sad stuff we need to look forward don't we and be up I know it's it's hard because I, I wrote so many songs during that time I mean when when the pandemic actually hit and we were put into lockdown my flatmate got COVID immediately I somehow didn't even though I got tested and everything but I was terrified that if I stepped outside I would kill everyone around me because that's what I thought COVID was. You know, Mm. I was really scared and the news was terrible. Our landlord had put scaffolding around our windows. So we were in complete darkness. And so I was in actual self-isolation in the dark for a week Wow! um, in my room. And I was watching, my only view was watching my flatmate who was (laughs) in a window across like a little courtyard. And um, I could see her really suffering. 
through the window. That was my only view. So oh, no. it was a really horrific week. <laughs> I mean, pretty like a very strange sci-fi dystopian nightmare. Um, yeah. But I wrote a song a day and all the songs really strangely were quite positive. It was more about, you know, yes, it was themed the end of the world and I might die, but it was about love and connection and, and desire and all of these things that I really wanted um, because they were kind of my comfort songs. So during that time, I, I just, I saw a switch in myself and, and how to write a song and why I write a song because there it was really, really just for myself and how to make myself feel better and fuel it into something. And then I started posting them online and people were really connecting to them. And I thought this could also help other people. Mm. And that's what music's all about. It's about creating this connection and, and being able to, you know, speak a message that's really important to yourself, but also relates to all the people that are listening to it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm hoping your friend's okay now and you've stopped sort of watching her from the window. <laughs> from the other side. Yeah, no, she, <laughs> she actually immediately after she got better, she stayed for a few weeks and then she thought, you know what, why am I in lockdown London? She's from New York. So she just flew back to the States and, and, you know, enjoyed her life because she just had COVID. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was just left alone in the dark flat, which was great. In dark flat. Well, um, no one but, to watch out the window. Were you watching any TV yeah, at this no, time? Did no. you watch any weird shows or get into anything while you're in that kind of dark oh scaffolding room? I mean, I did so much. I played so much piano. Nice. Um, I wrote a lot of music. And I watched, my flatmate and I actually together watched uh, all the 27 Marvel films from Iron Man. That's intense. To the most recent one. Yeah. Um, I watched all the True Blood seri- um, series in, in about five days straight. That was a low point. Uh, <laughs> it was the low point because it was, it was so bad that even, because this was a bit later in lockdown. So I was actually starting to have meetings again and, and, you know, actually working. So it wasn't just, you know, all you could do is TV, but I would have a Skype, not Skype. Why would I, I haven't used Skype in years. I mean, Zoom. It's all what about Zoom now, Skype? baby. Yeah. I'm just Skype. Skype really missed out on the pandemic. I mean, for <laughs> yeah. God's sake, what happened there? Because I'm Swedish. It's, 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 um, you know, ingrained in my brain. No, Zoom. I was on a Zoom meeting and I would be listening to the Zoom meeting, but I would have true blood open next to it. Cause it was like a crutch. Yeah, um, you couldn't look and away. It was, it was, yeah, it was really, really, really bad. I actually said, so the daily mirror did like a little piece on me on Sunday and um, they asked me what my biggest secret was. And it was, that <laughs> uh, I watched those seven series of true blood. And then I went on a date, like kind of series six um, right in between it. And it was a very dark, time of my of, in my mind uh and I basically accidentally called my date the Eric which is the main character in True Blood's name <laughs> and it was like the first date that I'd been on since the pandemic and it was just such a disaster because I literally I did not all I wanted to do was go back home and watch True Blood did did your date see the funny side of this or not <laughs> 
He obviously didn't know. He didn't know that that was what I did. So he's like, who's Eric? No one. <laughs> he just didn't. I, he's like, what? I was like, oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was so bad. <laughs> that was a that was a low point, a low point for sure. Okay, okay. Well, moving on from um, True Blood, uh, let's leave that in the deep dark times of the pandemic. Um, so you're from, yeah. um, is it Sweden? Then you went to America, Edinburgh, and now you're in London. Is that right? Yes. Oh, okay. So are you feeling quite settled now in London? Um, well, I actually moved here when I was 15. Okay, right. With my so my dad's a professor of economics and so he was a teacher at LSE and um we kind of moved wherever he got a job or a teaching position and yeah so we moved to London when I was 15 and I've I've kept my American accent which uh which some people are confused by but Mm. (laughs) but yeah so we we moved around a lot I mean most of the, most of my life was in Sweden, but my mom's American, so we would go to the U.S. sometimes. and And then I came to London, and I kind of I felt I really fit in here somehow, even though I didn't. But in a in a weird in a weird, strange, you know, outcast way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, London is made of up of so many different types of people, and I just felt this is where I, I could really see myself living here for a long time. It's really creative and, and multicultural and, and just fast moving, but still has a really peaceful sense about it. Um, and also just the music industry is incredible. I mean, all the live shows and all the bands that come out of here and, and the studios and, and the, you know, the art world, everything's exciting, I think. So I was always really fascinated by London. And then I went to university in Edinburgh. And then afterwards I thought, okay, I've got to go back to London and and kind of see if I can make something out of my dream of being a musician there. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely the place to be for that, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I've seen as well, so you've enjoyed um, a wave of sort of discovery in recent months because your ballad, What If, features in the Netflix film Pieces of a Woman. So this was a huge film, obviously, with uh, Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf. So amazing. What was your reaction when you heard they wanted to use your song? Well, first of all, I was only told that it was a small indie film. Oh, really? And that was it? Not a Netflix huge thing. No, it hadn't been distributed yet. So it was... So I was, so in 2019, September 2019, I released my first song, What If, which I wrote uh, by myself, but was produced by Ferris Badwan from The Horrors. And I put it out by myself because I was independent at the time. And it immediately got picked up by Spotify Fresh Finds, a playlist on Spotify. And then it actually got picked up by Apple Music's top songs of 2019. So those two moments were huge for me because as an independent artist being picked up by a playlist at all is huge. And then top hundred songs to 2019. I mean, that was just crazy, but it didn't really mean like it blew up. It just meant that the editorial team really liked it. And that meant that a sync company, you know, the companies that make that place Mm -hmm. songs on film and TV, they started reaching out to me because 
the song is quite soundtracky and I, I I've always loved soundtrack music so it's so I think that's a huge part of my songs it's it's very uh epic and and emotional and widescreen and and I think very good for film and TV because I love making that type of music mm, and then, so I'm oh, sorry go on. so during the pandemic I got my first placements on TV and film so that was really cool and was kind of my lifeline because the gigs and everything else had been canceled you know that was the way I made money it was by by um these placements on TV and film so that wasn't my first placement I think that was my fourth um the first one was actually on Teen Moms <laughs> oh wow a bit different <laughs> Yeah, on MTV Team Moms, which was really, I mean, that was a very cool moment because just because it was the first time that I've ever seen my song on TV. And it was very sad because it was in a, it was kind of in a horrible scene. So I wasn't too happy about that. One of the moms was really, really mean to her child. But oh. um, yeah. But then, yeah, so I got this call saying that um, they wanted to use it in an indie film. And that was it. And I said, yeah, sure. And then I s- looked up the film two days later and it was going to be at Venice film festival. And then I saw that Shia LaBeouf and Vanessa Kirby were in it. And I thought, wait a second, this is so cool. Yeah. And then it got, she won best actress, I think at Venice film festival. I thought this is awesome. And then like four days later, Netflix uh, bought the distribution rights for it. And I thought, Oh my God, this is, this is actually going to be, way bigger than I thought. So it started off as a really small project. And I think because of the pandemic and because of the fact that people were really looking into smaller projects and funding them and and bringing them to the surface, that was a huge part in making that film uh, as successful as it was. Mm. It was a huge film as well. And obviously it's um, due to the content, very emotional because um, of what happens in it so I guess they chose yeah, have you watched song. it I haven't watched it yet but only because um I'm finding it a bit of a hard time convincing my boyfriend to watch that because of what it's about yeah but I'm gonna have to watch it on my it's own really really yeah it's really really intense and sad I mean I I've always said you know prepare yourself before you watch it it's incredible like inc- absolutely incredible but the 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 first scene, you know, it's a one-shot birth scene. I think yeah, it's about. I read all about this. Sounds incredible. Um, the way they filmed yeah. it. So yeah, I am really interested yeah. in seeing it. And she is. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But it also makes you just not want to have a baby for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it's a tough watch, uh, one way or the other. But um, clearly, something in your music was the right fit I'm supposing for this yes yeah. um how has it been for you since um it's been used in the film well I mean around the same time I got signed to Warner probably kind of parallel to it so not because of it or mm. anything just parallel to it I got offered a contract by Warner and um and then I found a manager and um everything kind of started clicking into place and then during the winter lockdown months, I was just in the studio every single day. Some of the sessions were on Zoom, but I was very lucky in that the studios were open uh, for us to go into 
as long as we got checked and wore masks and stuff, it was, we could go in. So that was incredible. And because I had absolutely nothing else to do, because I'm single and alone, (laughs) (laughs) I just wrote music. So although I had about 18 months to write this album, I wrote everything in, in about two months because I was just, just didn't do anything else really. And then we recorded it, which was incredible. And then now, yeah, we have this EP. Yeah, well, just like that. And um, so I know you're setting up for your single Into the Sea. So as you said, following months of being locked alone in your dark um, scaffoldy flat. So I've read as well this song is quite apt um, because you grew up by the sea and you spent a lot of time on your houseboat. And apparently there's this Swedish, uh, is it ritual? Morgondop? Am I saying that right? <laughs> is that tied into it somehow? Morgondop, uh, yeah. Um, so it so it actually came out a month ago. Oh, it's out now. Um, okay, out now. Sorry. Yeah, no, don't worry. Do you want? We could say yeah. So the Into the Sea is out now. Uh, it's a song about my love for the sea, basically. <laughs> but specifically, you know, I. I grew up in nature. Swedes are very in touch with nature. Like all of our sports classes, our PE classes were outside. We learned about foliage. We learned how to pick berries. We learned how to pick mushrooms. It There's just an affinity to nature. And in London, you know, it, there isn't <laughs> as yeah. much as I love London and I love the parks. It's very manicured. It's very, and I, I feel very lucky. And then I was close to Hyde Park during my, um, lockdown so I was able to go there and I went there every single day for about an hour sometimes two hours sometimes three times a day because I was alone but you know in the beginning you weren't even allowed to sit down in the park so it was it was very strange but I was so I don't know the lockdown really brought a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with to the surface in terms of my you know, my mental health and my past mm. and and just a lot of old stuff that I just hadn't dealt with. And I was forced to deal with it. And it was really tough doing it on my own. Um, I had help, you know, I, I, I spoke to people. I joined a lot of groups online and stuff. But when I got to finally got to go to Sweden in August and I got to the sea, the first thing that I did was just I went straight into the ocean and I just, I literally got home, dropped my bag and then just went straight down. And in Sweden, we have this tradition where you, you wear a bathrobe, like (laughs) an actual bathrobe and clogs Mm -hmm. down to the sea. And then you just jump in, like no matter what the weather is, it can be a full on storm. You just go down first thing in the morning and it just clears you like, you know, like cold water swimming kind of. Yeah. And it just, washes away everything and I suddenly felt I was just alone in this place that I felt so at home in and it just felt like all these other things that I've been dealing with in London and, and the pandemic and, and and all that stuff just kind of was washed away and the sea makes you feel so small yet so epic in a way I don't know it's just it was all these amazing feelings and so when I went into for my first session, my first co-writing session, I met Jimmy Hogarth, who produced my EP, or four of the songs on my EP. And the other co-writer in the room was this girl called Nega Jafari, who is Swedish. 
And we all spoke about how much we appreciated the sea and how strange it was to be so far from it when we were in London. And so that song is about that appreciation of nature, you know? And I think so many people, especially during lockdown, felt that when when they were, you know, locked in. Mm. You know, there's a new newfound sense of belonging to nature and appreciation of everything that happens outside because we were forced to be inside and and we saw how important it is so this song is kind of my ode to that yeah that makes sense now that I hear the background behind it and I can hear how much you must have been missing that during lockdown of course being in London um have you taken any trips to the Kent coast now that things have opened up a little bit so you could get a bit uh closer to the sea recently yeah, I just I, well, I was just I just went swimming in um, North Berwick, like outside of Edinburgh, mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. Nice. Is today Tuesday? Yes. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I just went swimming there on Sunday. Uh, I try and go to the sea as much as possible, really. And then for, for uh, we filmed the music video in Margate. Oh, which that's I really near me. Is it? Where are you? I'm in Whitstable, which is really near Margate. But I have friends that yeah, live there, yeah, so I'm yeah, there yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful place, Margate. And uh, the coast is unbelievable there, around there. Oh, yeah, stunning. Yeah, absolutely stunning. I love Viking Bay because, obviously, you know, m- my ancestors are Vikings, so we filmed yep. a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I heard that all the Vikings died in that bay, so that's really sad. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I know. They got stuck or something because of the tide. Um Anyway, but it was it was beautiful. Uh, it was very cold though when we filmed the music video, and I got I think mild hypothermia, so that wasn't so fun. <laughs> no, that can happen. That's always the risk of uh, being in the sea in England in the so well, summer. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but also I think being in the sea for a long period of time and then being outside for about thirty hours. And we did we did so many sunrise shoots and sunset shoots and I just and I had just had my vaccine as well it was it was a, a it was a bit of a nightmare actually but it was fun mm. and the team were awesome so yeah and the, the final important. product I'm so happy with okay and which uh, music video was that for into the sea into the sea okay that that does make sense yeah because I know you've got obviously your new single out now which you've been really really excited about I'm not sure if that was uh, had a sea themed music video as well so that's helpless to help you um which obviously is out now so I know you were like super excited to get this one out weren't you so what um what is it about this song that's so special to you well helpless to help you is something that I think a lot of us have felt at some point in our lives when someone you love is really suffering maybe it's because of mental health maybe it's because something that's happening in their lives Maybe it's a breakup and you try and help them, but nothing you do is helping. And it just makes you feel so helpless in this weird void where nothing that you do is making anything better. And sometimes it can make it worse. So that's this song is about that. It's about that feeling of helplessness when, when someone you, you know is really suffering and, and you just want to help them. Mm. And how have people reacted to this since you've um, released it? I mean, some people are so, 
some people feel really connected to it and feel heard because I think there's this under, you know, I don't know. Have you ever felt that way where somebody that you love is, is, is really in pain and there's nothing that you can do about it and you try. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah. It's, it's really devastating. And, and I have a lot of, a lot of my family suffer from very bad mental health and, I have a lot of friends who do as well and I'm very much, you know, I've had my mental health issues. And so I know how I got out of my situation and it was very much like a to-do list kind of situation. And, but every, that doesn't work for everyone. And so I, in the beginning tried to try to save everyone by this is what you have to do. This is what you should do. This is how I did it, you know, but it's not like that. And everyone's experience is different. So it just puts you in this weird middle ground where all you can do is really watch and, and be there for them. But that's the whole point of the song. It's a hopeful song because it's about the fact that we don't have to do anything sometimes. Sometimes it's just better to just be there, listen, support, and, mm. and just show up. Yeah, that's all you can do in those instances. Um, I know sometimes you feel like you should be doing more, but um, maybe that's enough sometimes, you know, just to show that you're there. So I think, um, yeah, the song about that definitely reflects it. So I can see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see. Like the one, of the, one of the listeners um, reached out to me actually and said that she, her boyfriend was an addict and she felt so helpless to help him. And, uh, you know, in his, in his pain. And he said that what he, when they spoke about it and he said, all I care about is that I know that you're there. Okay. Yeah. And I thought that that was so amazing to hear that someone had really felt heard and, and seen. And that's what I want my music to, to do is to, for people to be seen in a way. Mm, no, it's nice to know it's really resonating with, a lot of people because I imagine you must work on a lot of songs and when they're out there they're out there and they've almost got their life of their own haven't they so it must be nice to get that feedback from people sometimes yeah I mean it, it's incredible but you know I'm not doing it because I want feedback or anything I just want people to really for the songs to hit them and, and for them for the songs to to be little worlds in which they can step into and, and really feel something, mm. you know? And, and when I get good feedback, it's, you know, it's incredible and it's wonderful, but you know, it's, it's just a plus really. Yeah. It's just a bonus for the, for the message that you want to get out. Yeah. yeah I understand that. Um, and what about if you've got anything coming up that you can talk about in terms of any other music you've got coming out or possibly any, live performances i know that's very much up in the air at the moment but have you got any news like that well i am so disappointed because obviously the june 21st date got moved uh which meant that uh my showcase got cancelled which was devastating for me but it's going to be rescheduled in september and and hopefully then a lot more gigs will be rescheduled and and, uh, you know, the touring situation has just been so terrible for everyone. And I feel terrible for people who really, really rely on that. I'm very lucky in that I'm still in the music making process right now. So I can just go back to the studio and keep on working. 
But for a lot of people, like they've been working for two years and making an album and they are ready to go out. So it's, it's, it's really terrifying for them, you know, not, mm. not being able to go on tour. But my, my, um, you know, my answer to that is really that I, I just go back in the studio and I keep on writing. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm also releasing the rest of this EP. So the next song comes out, uh, I think July 16th. Uh, and that song is called Midnight Sun. And then Lonely World, which was produced by Jonathan Cornby and written with this incredible writer called Wayne Hector that comes out end of July, beginning of August. And then the final song on the EP comes out end of August. And each song is completely individual and different, but they're all connected and they're all little pieces of my heart, really. And um, I think there's there's one song on there for everyone. And uh, yeah, and I'm so excited about releasing them and having the world see them. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I can, it must just be like such a long wait, um, especially to eventually performing them live. But you will do it. You know, you will get there. And that's just great to hear. You've got so much coming up and that you can always just yeah. hunker down and write songs. Uh, it sounds like you're making the most out of the situation. And um, yeah, that's just great to hear, basically. Yeah. You know, the, the this whole experience has just made me realise that there's nothing else that's more important than than human connection and mm. and being able to put something meaningful out. And that's all I care about is just putting out songs that mean something and being able to connect to people. And, you know, there's the whole world could just end tomorrow. That's how I feel. It's just, you just give it every day you're all and really appreciate everything that you have. I mean, I still pinch myself every single time that I go into the studio. I just feel so lucky to even be able to be doing this. So as long as I get to keep doing it and keep making music that matters, then hopefully that will resonate with listeners and, and they can see that it really is about that, you know? Yeah. Um, absolutely. That's um, completely the right positive attitude, I think. And um, I think um, a lovely note to end on, Lexi. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you, hear about all your music, you know, your journey with your song being used in that amazing Netflix film. Um, so we'll look out from all the new music coming up from you, hopefully, you know, in a couple of months. And uh, well, who knows, maybe I'll see you in the sea in Margate sometime. Yes, absolutely. Let's <laughs> let's meet up in the sea in Margate. Yeah, see you in the sea. We'll pick a hot date though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. please Sun, please. We'll cross our fingers and everything. Okay, thanks, yeah. Lexi. <laughs> Thank you. All right, bye then. Bye. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.